chapter 1, verse number 1. This is a testimony about the Lord himself. This is a testimony about Jesus. Now, the, the, the Hebrew writer is trying to help us understand the distinction between the Lord and angels all throughout the book. The distinction between the Lord and the, the Levitical priesthood. The distinction between the Lord and animal sacrifices all throughout. He's making distinctions of who the Lord is from all these other aspects of, of the spirit realm and, and all the things that God has done. He, he distinguishes Jesus from Moses. Amen. Just one after another all throughout this book. It's one of the most phenomenal books in all of the New Testament simply because it's a connector book. It connects the Old and New Testament in ways that a lot of other books just don't. It helps us to understand Leviticus. It helps us to understand the priesthood and, and the meat sacrifice and the, 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 the uh, trespass sacrifice, the sin sacrifice. All of those things converge in the book of Hebrews, and they have now impact, and also they have meaning that are found in the embodiment of who Jesus is. Amen? It's who Jesus is. And so, so it's just a phenomenal book, and I can't get from it as much as I've tried. I continue to go back here. And as I was worshiping, the Lord brought me back here. And I know this is a word uh, for, for somebody. I believe that one of the greatest challenges is our, our fight with the devil. The reason why it's such a problem to fight the devil is because God already defeated him. But many times he gets in through a gate that we unsuspect that he gets in in. He gets in through the gate of our very own devotion. It's because we, ha we are religious babies. In other words, we were raised under a lot of the influence of religion. And so the devil uses our very own devotion to come in and begin to wreak havoc in our lives. And so what God is doing in this season, he is now... He is delivering us from the influence of the enemy in our desire to please and worship him. Amen. See, if we allow the devil to tell us how to please God, guess what we'll never do? We'll never please God. And, and that's what he always has done from the beginning. He always wanted to help us be like God. For God knows when you eat of this, you shall be like God. Knowing good for Trust me, the devil is not in the club. Guess what? The devil ain't in East Florence either. He don't want to be there. The devil's in the church. Amen. He don't have to go to East Florence. He can assign principalities. He can assign, he can assign spirits. They're spirits of murder. He don't have to show up for people to kill each other there. Amen. But in order for him to have permission to kill them, he has to keep us religious. Keep us from exercising our power. Amen? And so, so I'm going to share this with you. Um, he says, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. Love this description of the Lord. Verse 3, and we're going we'll to jump into it. This is now how the Hebrew writer initially describes Jesus. 
who being the brightness of his glory, Yahweh's glory, the Father's glory. He was the brightness of his glory and the express image of God's person. And I love this one, and we're going to work this one. And upholding all things by the word of his power. Everybody say upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Father, we just thank you and we bless you right now for the power of God to minister in such a way that there is life-giving breath that is breathed, Lord God, to now testify and witness of the word being spoken. Lord God, we decree and declare in this room right now that we receive the new that's already sat down on us and we'll leave walking in newness of life. We bless you for it and thank you for it right now in the mighty name of Jesus. All of God's people said amen. Amen. I'm going to try to work through this and hopefully I can make, I can articulate it in a way where it makes sense to you. I'm going to read Hebrews chapter 1 verse number 3 again. It says, of, of describing our Messiah, describing Jesus, it says, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. I'm going to stop right there. Yahweh upholds. Everybody say upholds. Everybody say upholds. Yahweh upholds or holds up everything, not just by his word, please hear me and hear me good, but by the word of how powerful he is. By the word of his power. Everybody follow me. He upholds all things, not by his, just his word, but by the word of his power. See, and, and there are several layers of what that means. And I'm going to try to peel back a couple of them, but it's too much to peel back in one city. I, I can't even get to half of that. That text now, I'll say this much isn't just referring to the reality that he holds us up. See, our, what we do is we now look at that reality and say, you know, God holds us up by his power or by the word of his power. Amen. And that is true, but it means so much more than that. It's not just that he holds us up as in keeps us standing, although he does, but he upholds his word concerning us by way of the word of his power. I'm going to say that again. He upholds his word concerning me and you by way of the word of his power. In other words, if I put it this way, it might hit you a little bit better. He keeps his word concerning us. He keeps his word concerning our family as we declare the word of his power. As we out of our mouth talk about the power of his word, he keeps his word concerning us. See, see, now that ought to make you stop right there and begin to now shift yourself because what I'm saying is we must understand that that means we play a role in Yahweh keeping his word concerning our life. We can't just run around and say he's going to keep his word no matter what. It don't work like that. We, we can't just say if he said it, it's going to happen. It don't work like that. We play a role. I need somebody to say I play a role. We play a role. 
grow in Yahweh keeping his word for our life. See, and it's not that Yahweh doesn't keep his word. Yahweh always keeps his word, but that doesn't mean we'll experience the word that he's kept. I will help you understand that. He keeps everything concerning our life. Every word that he's spoken concerning our life, he keeps it. Yet that doesn't mean we're going to experience none of what he has actually kept. He keeps his word to heal us. That don't mean we're going to be healed. He keeps his word to empower us. That don't mean we're going to be power empowered. He keeps his word to save us. That doesn't mean we're going to be saved. He keeps his word to deliver us. That does not mean we're ever going to be delivered. Glory be to God. Why is that? Come on. Um, how can you say he keeps his word yet we not experience it? Because we must understand how his word um, operates. We must understand the economy of the kingdom. We must understand how to make transactions from the spirit realm into the natural realm. Glory be to God. Can I help you understand something about his word? Psalms 119 and 89, and this will open up a little bit more. It says here, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled where? Forever, O, word, o, o Lord, your word is kept in heaven. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Maybe we need to pay a closer attention to thy will be done. Thy kingdom come in earth as it is in heaven. Because his word is kept in heaven. His word now is settled in heaven. How do we transition what's settled in heaven into earth? That's the question. Look at somebody tell your neighbor, look at somebody and tell them we must make a transaction. How do we transact what's already kept? God ain't keeping no word. He already kept it. He said, are you going to come and get it? We now make the transaction by declaring the word of his power. The word is forever settled in heaven, and it begins to settle on us in earth. What settled begins to settle. I heard William Murphy say settle here. We sung that this morning. What is already settled in heaven begins to settle on us in earth as we now declare the word of his power. You know how we stand? Do you understand how we stand? We stand by declaring the word of his power now unto him who is able. When I feel like falling, I don't say I feel like falling. I claim the word of his power now unto him who is able to keep me from falling and present me faultless and declaring the word of his power watch this initiates a operation of the spirit by which that which is already settled in heaven begins to settle on me in earth and stuff that used to knock me down I'm standing through stuff that used to make me want to quit I don't feel like quitting no more what happened that word settled that was already settled in heaven begin to settle on me in earth by the word of his power. The word of his power. If you're standing, you're only standing by the word of his power. When you've done all you can do to stand, stand ye all the more. Amen? See, this is what we got to understand. We, see, we're already standing in heaven. Look at David, tell your neighbor, it's settled. We're not going to fall in heaven, ever. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, it's settled. 
Now the key is, how do I get what's settled up there, down here? Come on, by the word of his power, not by talking about how hard it is to stand. We, me and you experience newness of life by declaring the word of his power. What's the word of his power? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And while I'm having old feelings, why I'm fighting old habits, why I'm still dealing with old proclivities, I now know in heaven, glory be to God, in heaven I'm new. But down in earth, I'm still dealing with old. How do I make the transaction? How do I get what's already shut up here, down here? I've got to now begin to declare the word of his power. I, all to, I am a new, I need somebody to say I am a new creature. All things have passed away. And that word that's already settled in heaven begins to settle on us in earth. And before we know it, old habits start passing away. Glory be to God. Before you know it, old desires aren't there no more. Before you know it, old struggles aren't there. And now we have new passions and new desires that begin to rise up. Where did they come from? Somebody began to declare the word of his power. And that which was already settled began to now Settle on their life. We make ourselves a settlement. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I'm a settlement. I'm a settlement. God wants to settle on me. My God, every word in the book is looking for a settlement. Where are the believers that proclaim the word of my power? I'm trying to find somebody to live on. I'm tired of having a word over me. I want the word on me. I know I got a word over my life, but I'm tired of the word being over my life. When is that word going to be on my life? Maybe we need to make a transaction with the word of his power. Look at your your neighbor, he is good. 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 What am I doing? I'm becoming a settlement because it's already settled in heaven. See, you say it once and then things are still bad. You ain't said it enough for it to settle yet. You got to proclaim. got to proclaim the word of his power, not the power of our problem. Our problem is, see, in our devotion, we proclaim the power of our problem instead of proclaiming the word of his power. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. I feel like fallen don't belong in his presence because he upholds all things by the word of his power. I will not fall. I will not faint. I will not grow weary. Grow not weary in well-doing. You know, that's settled in heaven. You don't grow weary in heaven. How do I make the trend? The works that I do shall you do in even greater works. For I go to the Father. You know that word is looking for somewhere to settle. Where can I find somebody that ain't never laid hands on the sick and they recovered? But understand, it's not going to be going through a healing class that's actually going to anoint me to heal, folks. It's me settling that if I'm a believer, these signs shall follow me. I'm going to make a transaction. Can't nobody teach you how to heal? That's settled in heaven. 
that's settled in heaven. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Drink, that's looking for a settlement. What, what, that word is already settled in heaven. Who can I settle on? You know one of our favorite ones. Blesses the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, nor in the way of the sinner. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season and whatsoever he doeth prosper. Do you understand that's already settled in heaven. Whatsoever we do shall prosper. That's looking for a place to settle. Who in earth is declaring after you fail whatsoever I do shall prosper after it don't work. Whatsoever I do shall prosper because I recognize by the word of his power that word ain't finished settling on my life yet. I don't want a word over me no more. I know there's a word over my life. I'm ready for the word to be on me in this season. Settle here. But that's by the word of his power. That's by talking about his power. That's by talking about his goodness. That's by talking about his inability to fail. That's by talking about the power of his mercy. Come on, that's by glorifying the God who's a present help. You want to know if you can get help when he's present? Because you glorify the power of his presence to help you. He upholds his word concerning us by the word of his power. So, so what does that mean to us and what do we have to take from that? If we're still falling. We are not waiting on Yahweh to give us strength to stand. He's waiting on us to make a transaction. God, I keep on falling. I just need more strength. God is saying, no, I need you to make a transaction. Because you standing is already settled in heaven. I need you. If you're falling, you ain't done with your transaction yet. You talk too much about falling, then you talk about the fact that I already got you standing. And therefore, you can't make the transaction. So you continue to fall. And it's really not God waiting to do any strength. Because he upholds all things by what? Y'all didn't read that verse good, did you? He upholds all things, watch this, by the word of his what? power when he had by himself purged our sins did what guess what god is doing right now while you're weak he's what while you feel like you're about to quit he's doing what while you feel like you can't handle no more guess what because he already settled in heaven. He already settled that there is nothing on you that you cannot bear. He's already settled that you will not go weary in well-doing. He's already settled it. And he's waiting on me and you to make the transaction. He's not standing up working on me. He's not working on me. And he ain't working on you. He finished working on all of us. And he's waiting for us to take what he's already settled. God got to work on me there where you ain't getting it. Because that's already settled. Amen. See, if we're still struggling with old temptations, which some of us are, we're still struggling with old attitudes, old issues, and old habits. We are not waiting on Yahweh to finish working on us. God is just still working on me. Don't tell that story on God. He is sitting at the right hand of the Father until his enemies be made his footstool. It is not him working on us. He's waiting on us to use the word of his power. 
power to transition. Glory be to God. The fact that he's already made us new uh, from the heavens down into the earth. He's waiting on that word to settle. That word is just looking on a settlement. And our challenge is we keep on trying to work our way out of old things instead of say our way into new things. Can I help you understand that? You don't need to work your way out of old things if I could just get through this. No, you say your way into new things while the old things are there. Why? Because old things pass away. Come on, you know how people pass away? Old things pass away and stuff starts becoming new. You know when you start proclaiming the gospel of God's power that's settled in heaven, you begin to put glory be to God. Your habits, your dysfunctions on life support. Glory be to God. And eventually they're going to flatline. Everything passes away. You know, you want to know the people in the church who have the power of God? You know, you want to know who the people in the church is who are seeing the power of God? They are the people who are proclaiming how powerful God is. You want to, if you want to know if there's power breaking out in somebody's life, if you want to know who, where the power of God is breaking out in the individual's life, it is the people who are proclaiming how powerful he is. It is the people that are giving him glory because there's nothing like his glory. You want to know the people who are being kept in his presence are the people that are saying in his presence is fullness of That's already settled in heaven. If in his presence is fullness of joy, then I can be in his presence in the problem. So when he, even in the problem, I can have joy. Because his presence is a realm. The problem is a geographical location. I can bring that realm into that location. Look at David, tell your neighbor, it's already settled. You're the head and not the tail. It's just looking for somewhere to settle on me and you. By his stripes, we're healed. It's just looking for somewhere to what? It's not. It, it, it's just waiting to find a place to settle on me and you. By the word of his? By the word of his power. By the word of his power. For he upholds all things by the word of his power. We see Yahweh's power to the degree we declare how powerful he is. What do you talk about during the day? Come on, what does your lips say about your God? That's what your life is going to start looking like. He upholds all things by the word of his power. You, wanna, you, want your, you want your mind to be held up? I dare you to talk about the power of God to renew it. Come on. I, I, you you, you, you want to get to a place where peace that surpasses all understanding? Talk about the word of his power and make the transaction until it settles on me and your life. It's already settled in heaven. Somebody say it's already settled in heaven. Yahweh doesn't uphold his word. This is where we got to go, and this is where the challenge is. And I hate to go here, but I, gotta, I know I got to stay here until we finally make the shift because we just don't get it. Because there's so much stuff out there about fighting the devil. We just don't get it. It just don't click. So, many, so much about there about when you see the devil. When you see the devil, you're not supposed to get rid of him. You're supposed to make a table. You can't eat unless there's enemies. He prepares a table for us. Where? You can't get rid of all your enemies if you want to eat. Yahweh doesn't uphold his word by us talking about the devil. The issue is this. 
The issue is religion teaches us to proclaim the devil's power, completely ignorant of the principles of proclaimed power. Now, I want to help you understand something how about that works. There's principles that when we begin to proclaim somebody has power, just like when we proclaim the word of God's power, what's settled in heaven begins to settle on us in the earth. When we begin, you understand that hell has a word that's already settled for your life too. There's some stuff in your life that hell has already settled. It's already settled that you'll be sick. It's already settled that you'll be in bondage. It's already settled that you'll fight with your flesh for the rest of your life. It's already settled that you'll be depressed. It's already always settled that you'll always struggle with sin. Those are settled words in hell. And the more we proclaim the devil's power, the more was settled under us. Because that don't come from up here. That come from down here. Why would I bring up something lower than me up to my level? Hell is beneath. And I begin to now have what's settled in hell for my life. What's settled in hell begin to settle on me. In hell, it's already settled. We're, we're going to get sick. In hell, it's already settled. We're going to struggle and feel like giving up. In hell, it's already settled. Settled. We're going to always have ongoing issues. We're going to always have weaknesses. We always have to fight with our flesh. And we actually think that came from God. None of those words are settled in heaven. They're all settled in hell. Amen? They're already settled in hell, not in heaven. So religion teaches us what? You better watch out for the devil. You better, you, better, you better watch out where he's coming from. We almost die in a car accident and we'll glorify it. The devil tried to take me out of here. I almost, but he just couldn't get me. You got to see the car. The devil wanted to kill me and he couldn't kill me. What I'm saying is he can kill me. Amen. I'm glorifying the power of the enemy instead of the goodness of God. The devil tried to take my mind. He's trying to take my mind, but I wouldn't let him have it. The devil tried to make me quit, but I wouldn't. That is the word of his power. Y'all understand that, right? Which begins to initiate an operation of the spirit in which what's forever settled in hell begins to settle on our lives. Death, come on, depression, defeat, fear, backsliding, confusion, hopelessness. I believe that there are many saints that are dead right now because of the power they gave the devil. To try to take them out. I believe that there are saints that are sleeping that ain't supposed to be asleep. But they ran around talking about you never know. You, you got to watch out for the devil because he'll try to take you out of here. You better watch out for the devil because he's so busy. And so now what they did was begin to now by the power of the words of the devil cause hell to begin to settle. You know believers can die early too. Glory be to God. You better watch out for COVID because it ain't taking no numbers. It 
here to kill anybody, whether you in church or not. And you got believers saying that. And you wonder why believers are dying because they're glorifying the word of his power, dying prematurely, getting sick of things. You never know how you're getting out of here. You might get a heart attack too. You might get a stroke too. No, that ain't settled in heaven. I got a problem for that. That ain't a word in heaven settled for my life. That came from hell. And I refuse to give power to the devil to give him now permission to cause that which is settled in hell to begin to settle on my life. No, baby, I shall live and not die. I know the devil, you better watch out. The devil got power to take you out. He did not say study the devil. He said be not ignorant of the devil's devices. You know one of the devil's greatest devices is what I'm telling you right now, talking about him. Amen. The devil has power to take you out of here. Oh, no. I know he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but you better stop. And you better not stop on that. Because you got to watch it. Because the devil out here to steal, kill, and destroy. What you, you didn't finish that verse. You better finish that verse. But I am coming. That you might have life and have life. Well, I don't care about what he came to do. There's somebody greater than him that came and said, but I come that you might have life. How are you going to quote the devil's part and not finish it with God's? Hallelujah. We're always going to have a struggle in our flesh. You know what? That's one of the most accepted lies of the church. We magnify the devil's power to keep us fighting in our flesh. When God says we are not to fight with our flesh forever, God says we are to mortify our flesh. We actually have power to put it to death. It might show up, but you can kill it on the spot. Come on, dead sinner, pile. Just take it up out of there. Dead this old flesh of mine, why you still got old flesh? You shouldn't have old flesh. You should have been already killed that by now. And when you see new flesh, you do the same thing you did to the old flesh. Kill that too. I be trying to stay in the spirit, but every now and again I get in this old flesh. Why? Because you didn't magnify the devil's power. There's a time when flesh is kicked out. Cast out the bondwoman and her son. For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of mine. Do you understand that Hagar represents the flesh? Read Galatians chapter 3 and 4. Do you understand that, that, that now Hagar and Ishmael represent the flesh? And that Isaac, Sarai and Isaac represent the spirit? And the Bible says that there is a point where spirit and flesh are together in all of our lives. But there comes a point where now flesh begins to attack spirit. And then it comes a time where you got to kick it out. This, look, you can't be here no more. Uh, you you got to go. We do not fight with our flesh for the rest of our life. That's a word that's settled in hell, and it's a lie. I need somebody to shout because your flesh ain't that powerful. Come on. I, I know you try. It, it really ain't that powerful. Amen. I'm going to show you a couple of scriptures about that because I know I talk fast and I'm not going to be here much longer. 
But I want to show you Galatians chapter 4, verse 22 and 23, where it deals with that. And I'm going to show it to you out of the Passion Translation. It deals with now Ishmael representing flesh and, and now Isaac representing spirit. Galatians chapter 4, verse 22 and 23. It is the Passion Translation. It says here, Ishmael, the son of the slave girl. Y'all see that? Ishmael, the son of the slave, slave girl, was a child of the what? Natural realm. It's speaking of, now keep in mind, what is flesh? To be carnally minded, fleshly minded, is death. But to be spiritually minded, they are ways that we think. They are mindsets. It's not an idea. It's what generates our ideas. Flesh is not an idea that comes to our head. Flesh forms the way that we come up with ideas. Spirit now is the way that we come up with ideas. See, both of us can look at the same thing and not see the same thing. One of us that now has the spirit of a father can look at a nice-looking young lady and say, that is a mother, that is a woman of God, that is the call. There's another one that can be filled with flesh and lust and look at him and say, man, that's something that if I get a chance. They're both looking at the same woman, but their mind has different paradigms. So they see the same thing two different ways, depending on the condition of their mind. That's why you can't just necessarily preach to people and you wonder why they walk away and don't know nothing you taught them. Because they heard truth out of the way they think. The hardest thing to do is not to get people to learn, it's to unlearn people. It's easy for you to learn once you unlearn what you already learned. Amen? And so what, what's happening in the body of Christ now is just getting people to unlearn. You know, I got to say, what does that mean? You know, I, I got baptized, I got a certificate, and I go to church and I try my best to do good. You ain't saved. That isn't what the Bible says saved is. You don't try your best to do good. You have the spirit of God that's nothing but good. You ain't got to try. You need to grow. Hey Amen. That ain't, that ain't an attempt. That's a matter of submission. Amen. Bless the Lord. What is worship? Right? First thing people think is singing. Right? Wrong? The first thing worship is is dying. The first time worship is mentioned in the Bible is Genesis 22, when Abraham took Isaac up on the mountain to kill him. Let me and the lad go and worship. So I got to unlearn what you call praise and worship, because praise and worship to you is the songs that you like and then feeling tingling. We got to unlearn all that. If we're ever going to be worshipers, those that worship me shall worship me in The hardest thing is unlearning folk that learn stuff that never gave them the life that the Bible says we have. It's like, well, I, I know that scripture. Well, why are you? You don't look like it. We don't learn scriptures just to learn them. We learn them to look like them. So I need to unlearn how you learned it so you can look like what you learned. Galatians chapter 4, verse 23 and 24. Watch this. Or excuse me, 28 through 30. Dear friends. Just like Isaac, we're now the true children who inherit the kingdom promises. And just as the son of the natural world 
at that time harassed the son born of the power of the Holy Spirit, so it is what? See, there's two sons in us. I know it was two separate sons, but in real life, there's two sons in us. There's flesh and there's spirit. And every time the spirit comes and says that you can live in joy for the rest of your life, your natural mind comes in and say, can't nobody do that. How are you going to do that? Explain that to me. What you mean you're going to live in joy for the rest of your life? And before you know it, a feeling we had in church diminishes. By Tuesday, we're struggling again. Why? Because what we received in the spirit, then the flesh rose up and began to harass what we heard in the spirit. We got delivered from sin. Can't nobody be free of sin. Everybody going to sin sometimes. Glory be to God. And so Ishmael, so, so now the blood washes us from our sins, right? The blood cleanses our conscience from sin. It don't change the acts, it changes the appetite. So it doesn't just change us so we don't do what we're not supposed to do. It changes the appetite so we no longer want to do what we're not supposed to do. But then when I hear that I can be free of sin in my spirit, something says yes, but Ishmael rises up and says, man, you got all this sin around you. Ain't nobody living right around you. I just can't do it. When I go home, everybody's surrounded around me is unsaved. When I go to work, don't nobody talk about God and so forth and so on. So Ishmael sits there and tells me, harasses me, so I don't even believe that that must not be what being saved is. Being saved is, folks, see, you sinning too. You just hiding it. See, when, when Ishmael takes over, you don't believe nobody can do it because you can't. And so everybody fake. And you're the only one keeping it real. Everybody else just faking like they're free. But ain't nobody free. Ishmael. Harassing what the Spirit says, who the Son makes free, is free to where the Spirit of the Lord is. And the Spirit of the Lord ain't in church. The Spirit of the Lord is in the believer, where the Spirit of the Lord is. I'm sorry I'm doing a little bit of foundational, fundamental stuff, but I think that we need this. We need this because you need to understand why you can't change. Because the moment you hear a word, your flesh rises up and says, man, please. You ain't come from where I came from. You, you ain't had to deal with what I dealt with. No, we all dealt with the same thing. We were all born in sin. And we were all shaping in iniquity. Your streets might have looked different, but it was still sin and iniquity. Watch this. Watch this. Verse number 30. And what does the scripture tell us to do? Expel the slave mother with her son. The son of the slave woman will not be a true heir, for the true heir of the promises is the son of the free woman. Expel the slave mother and her son. Now, I need y'all to follow this. Now, he's talking about two different Two different expressions in us, flesh and spirit. Expel the mother and her, the slave woman and her son. Expel the slave mother and her son. Kick out the thought structure and all the bondage babies it produced. He's not telling, talking about kicking somebody out of building. He's talking about kicking out a thought structure out of our mind, casting it down. I'm going to always struggle with something. Kick that out and the mama it came from. 
Come on, y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. Kick out the bondage baby and the thought structure that birthed it. Some things we all going to just have to struggle through. Kick out the, the, the thought structure and the mama that birthed it. Expect, see, some of us need to understand, I have to actually change the entire way I think. Amen? It's receiving a new mind. Flesh is simply trying to explain supernatural things with a natural mind. Flesh will always try to explain supernatural things with a natural mind. So it won't be able to see the supernatural. Amen. We have a supernatural measure on our business. Right? God just blesses. There are things that we're doing that we're not supposed to be doing, but flesh explains it by natural things. Well, the reason why you can do that is because you're a nice-looking gentleman. You keep yourself together. You know how to talk to people. You have a good sense of humor. It ain't got nothing to do with none of that. But your natural mind won't allow you to see the supernatural hand of God. The natural mind will always try to make what's supernatural natural. See, when preaching is going forth, a lot of people think, uh, well, I, if I could just look up enough words, if I could just study enough, I could do, no, 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 I'm not preaching by natural means. I'm preaching by a supernatural wind of the Holy Spirit. I wasn't sitting behind a desk when I got this word. In actuality, I was in the gym lifting weights. But the natural mind tries to look at the supernatural Isaac and tries to mock it and try to explain it in natural means. But it's supernatural. Everybody say supernatural. Our salvation. Ultimately, this points to our salvation. What is salvation in the Greek? Soteria. Salvation means more than now eternal rescue from damnation. That Greek word soterio covers other dimensions besides not going to hell when we die. Everybody say soteria. It actually means our rescue, safety, deliverance, health, and eternal salvation. All of that's already settled in heaven. I'm going to say that again. It's not just I don't go to hell when I die. Salvation, soteria, goes further than that. It doesn't deal with what happens when I leave. It changes my conditions while I'm here and I'm staying. Salvation, soteria, means our rescue, our safety, our deliverance, our health, and our eternal salvation. Everybody say it's settled in heaven. But guess what? Not in earth. He upholds all things by the word of his what? As we declare the word of his power, it initiates an operation of the spirit in which the word forever settled in heaven concerning our salvation begins to settle on us in earth. There's more salvation settled on some of us than others of us. And a lot of that has to do with how we operate in our faith. See, what does that tell us about salvation? Why am I going here? That means we need to be sober about our salvation. You know what we need to be sober about our salvation? Because how much of it we have ain't up to God, it's up to us. See, salvation ain't just so you don't go to hell when you leave. Salvation is so you don't go through hell while you're here. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done in earth as it is what? 
In heaven, you ain't going through hell, so you ain't supposed to go through hell and earth either. Life is a struggle. In heaven, it ain't. Amen? You want to give up sometimes. Well, you don't never want to do that in heaven. There's measures of your salvation you ain't got yet. How do I get, how do I make that transaction? Amen? How do I make that transaction? Now, watch this. I'm going to teach this. Y'all don't mind if I teach for a minute, do you? Hebrews chapter 2. Everybody shout sober. Come on, somebody shout sober. This is now the Hebrew writer's warning up to the saints who now understand he upholds all things by the word of his power. In chapter number 2, I didn't get a chance to go through all chapter number 1. It's just so much. But in chapter number 2, he sums up how they should respond because now they know Everything concerning their life is settled in heaven. How much of it they have in earth hinges on now the word of his power. Now watch what they say in, in Hebrews chapter 2. So, so for now it says, therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed, what? To the things which we have. We need to start heeding what, what we heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast. Come on. And every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of war, reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? How shall we escape what if we neglect such a great soteria? Judgment. I know it ain't popular in church no more, but God is still going to judge the earth. And he's going to judge the church, too. We have a great salvation, please hear me, which has been completely given to us in heaven. Everybody say, I got it all. In heaven. Which is transitioned into the earth by way of our faith. What the Hebrew writer is saying is, if we're not delivered in earth, when we are completely delivered in heaven, how shall we escape judgment? The only explanation is we've neglected our salvation. How shall we neglect such a great salvation that's guaranteed? You got it. You ain't waiting on it. You ain't waiting on God to do it. You ain't. No, you got it. If you don't got what you already got, it's because you've neglected. You've neglected it. If, if, see, what he's saying is, if, if we don't walk free of sin in the earth, when we're completely free of sin in heaven, how shall we escape judgment? Because the only explanation is we've neglected our what? Salvation. We have not upheld and declared the word of his power. We've been proclaiming the power of our enemy. The Lord has been leasing our lips while the enemy has been owning us. Talking about how hard it is to live saved, how hard it is to stay married. Why? Because that's what you, not in heaven. In heaven, you're one. You're one. Amen? You know what, they, the types of things that I say, and people can say whatever they want to. God, I thank you that no matter, in 30 years from now, I'll be more attractive to my wife than I am today. I say stuff like that on a regular basis. Why? Because that's the way it is in heaven. Right. Well, how can you say that? Because he saves the best for us. So it's actually supposed to be better. 
There's actually supposed to be more attraction, more desire. Come on, there's supposed to be more conversation. There's supposed to be more intimacy, all those things. But we get in earth, and it's the exact opposite. The longer it goes, the more tired we get. Why? Because in earth, it ain't like it is in heaven. And we don't understand it. It's because you're neglecting and I'm neglecting my salvation. Your marriage is a reflection of how much salvation. See, we don't want to bring marriage into that. It's a reflection of how much salvation that you've accepted. Amen? Now watch this. And I'm closing. Salvation, sataria. Everybody say sataria. That is now the, the, the Greek word for salvation. Means also, watch this, not only eternal salvation, not only deliverance, but it also means healing. Do you understand when Jesus was laying hands on sick people and healing them, he was, he was releasing salvation on them? When, when, when he was opening blinded eyes, they experienced a measure of salvation. They were being saved, just not eternally. Healing is salvation. Everybody understand what I'm saying? So this is what we need to understand about that. Why should that sober us? If we don't walk healed of all hurts in earth, which we are completely healed of in heaven, how shall we escape judgment? See, being hurt is the acceptable way. Nobody questions it if you've been church hurt. If you've been, nobody questions that, that I ain't healed because I've been church hurt. I, I, I ain't healed because, you know, they left me, but, but, but we're healed in heaven. And that's a part of our salvation. Ongoing unhealed hurt is actually me and you neglecting our salvation. We are not proclaiming the word of his power. What's the word of his power? By his stripes. We, no, I want to talk about how I feel. No, no, no. By his stripes. Tell your neighbor, I was already healed before I said it. You know why I can forgive you for whatever you do 70 times, seven times? Because I was already healed before you did it. You can't hurt me to an unrepairable place. There's no such thing as being crushed to an unrepairable place. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God, Yaman Siata, with all of thy heart. See, the reason why people can break our heart is because we gave it to people when we shouldn't. The only reason why I'm giving you what I'm giving you is because of what I gave him. See, I tell people all the time, my wife is protected in our marriage. You you know why? She ain't got to worry about me stepping out on her. She ain't got to worry about me cheating on her. Because my relationship with God protects my relationship with her. Because I ain't going to cheat on God. And since I ain't going to cheat on God, baby, you ain't got to worry. Matter of fact, if I ain't going to cheat on God, I'm not even going to look at a woman to lust after her. You ain't even got to worry about me looking. Because I ain't cheating on who? So, so what happens is some people believe that unhealed hurt is acceptable, and it's not, because you're already healed in heaven. Why was Jesus able to heal every sickness? He was not reversing anything. He was giving them what they already had in heaven. That's why no matter what they had, he could reverse it, because they had it already. That's why he wasn't intimidated by paralysis. 
That man hadn't walked in 38 years, but guess who had saw him walking? Jesus had already saw him walking. So he said, take up your bed and walk. I've I already seen you walking. I'm just giving you heaven in earth. I'm just transitioning the man I saw walking from heaven into Lazarus, why can't I raise you from the dead? You know why? Because I already seen Revelation 20. And I am the resurrection and the life. So I can raise you from the dead because in heaven you've already been raised from the dead. Jesus did what was already done. That's why he wasn't intimidated by it. Amen. His word is already settled in heaven. You're victorious and it's settled. Come on. You're going to make it through this and it's settled. Come on. Glory be to God. You have victory over sin and it's settled. The peace of God guards your heart and mind and it's settled. You're delivered and it's settled. You're not no longer hurt by what they did. It is settled. You are not in bondage. It is settled. You're free indeed. It is settled. You're filled with the Spirit. He is settled. You're a worshiper. It is settled. You're obedient. It is settled. You hunger and thirst for righteousness. It is settled. It's already settled in heaven. Well, I don't want to pray like that. Well, you do in heaven. You pray without ceasing. You bless them without ceasing. So stop saying what you want and start proclaiming the word of his power. And let him shh. Shift your desires. Shift your appetites into the things of God. Father God, I thank you. And I bless you for everybody that's here under the sound of my heart. Where the enemy's power has been stripped. See, some of you, some of you got freed from, you've been fighting what you've been feeding. You've been feeding the enemy and wonder why you can't beat them. Because religion teaches us how to feed our, the one we got to fight. But today we break the cords of wickedness. And we break the cords of deception. Everybody stand to your feet. There's at least five people that God has shifted today. That you're saying that is that was me. I've been empowering my enemy. And I learned it in religion, but I'm ready to take religious clothes off and learn how to walk it in the word of his power. There's some things that want to settle on you that are already settled in heaven. There's some transactions that God wants to make with you tonight. But we've got to recommit our tongue to our Lord. I hear the Lord saying that even now that somebody needs to repent for their lips. You've been dealing with what 
settled in hell for you because of your lips. But you didn't know. But God said, now that you know, what you're going to do about it. If you're here today, I need you to come. I just want to pray with you. Come wherever you are. Because I'm here to tell you right now, there's a reason why God on the day of Pentecost sent down a cloven tongue of fire. You need another tongue. The tongue of the flesh can't help but magnify issues and glorify problems. No matter how much it tries to do right, it'll always turn wrong. You need another tongue. And I'm telling you that that tongue is accessed by first repentance. There has to be a repentance for what, but I didn't know it was wrong, but, but you, so many times the enemy keeps us from the breakthrough because he reasons with us in our mind. If I didn't know driving down Cashua at 75 miles an hour was wrong or not, if the police stopped me, guess what? I still get, it ain't whether or not I knew it was wrong, I still get consequences. This is the year of holiness. We're entering into a year where God will again magnify holiness. I need to recommit my tongue back to God. I didn't realize how much he didn't have it. I want to pray with you today. If that's you, I want you to come. Kana. Come on. Daban sete, daban randon, sondanan.